when you can forgive your brethren, <laughs> you, you, you got a hold of something. <laughs> you, you saved, I'm telling you now. Because this is where we miss it right there. I mean, uh, y'all, uh, 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 in America, I know that's where we're missing it. I, 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 and, and I'm assuming everywhere because it's in the area of relationships that your Christianity is going to show up. And it's in the area of relationships where your Christianity is not going to show up. And you will learn what's inside of you when you have to deal with an offense. I always tell people, Elder, the key to any relationship or reconciliation having a chance to take place almost always falls on the offended person. Almost always. You are at the mercy of those you offend. If that relationship will have a chance. And I have so much respect for that. I always try to let people know that, you know what? I know you don't have to do this because you can own your own pain. And nobody can tell you how much you hurt or don't hurt. But you got to make a decision. And if you can make that decision, chances are you're going to go to levels of maturity in God. You would never go without it. And to be honest, there's not many people that can overcome the wall of offense. But I'm not going to talk to us about that today. We're talking about faithfulness and stuff. So I better get, get back into that realm there. But, but I just thought I'd throw that out because you brought so many powerful things out about Joseph. We, we couldn't even keep up with it. I know I couldn't keep up writing all of it down. But trust me. I, I have never heard it on that wise. Um, if you would, let's go to the Bible. Let's go to Hebrews. Chapter 11. And I'm going to try to follow in the footsteps of Pastor Neil. And just touch on some things regarding faithfulness just from a little different light, even though it's not anything new. Let's go to Hebrews chapter number three. <clears throat> when you got to say I got it. The Bible says here in verse one it says wherefore holy brethren partakers of the heavenly calling consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who have builded the house have more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant 
for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we? If we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Amen. If the Lord would help me today, I just want to talk to us simply on this thought. Men that are faithful to the vision of the house. Men that are faithful to the vision of the house. Mm. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you again for the word of the Lord that has preceded us. And we thank you for the men, the young men that are here today to hear the, the word of the Lord at this time. Lord, we're at your mercy and your grace. Give us the mind, the energy, and the focus that we need. Give us your anointing, for we trust not in ourselves. In the awesome and powerful name of Jesus do we pray right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, I want to start out saying today that one of the most difficult things to find in the church is faithful men. Amen, period. And the reason why this has become such a difficult thing because men no longer see Jesus as their model for manhood and men no longer see Jesus as their model for ministry. Wow. Amen. It's become a very difficult thing. Um, Jesus said, and I believe it was in Matthew eleven twenty eight. He said, "Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest." He said, "Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me." For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. And, 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 and when I look at that, you know, when Jesus said, you know, come and, 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 and unto me, all you that labor in heaven, and I'll give you. They say, take my yoke upon you for, for, and, and, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You know, Jesus, when he said that in my mind, Elder, I see Jesus is telling us that I don't just want to be your teacher, but I want to be the lesson that you learn. Come on, Holy Ghost. And I want you to learn. I mean, I want you to be meek and lowly in heart. And, and, and today, men see meekness as being weakness. Come on now. And, 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 and today, men coming into the church are distracted by personal ambition and, and, and envy and jealousy and lust for power and position. In other words, Elder, you just talked about how you travel and how God has blessed you through, after those years of sacrifice, uh, your, your vacation, going to camp meeting. And now you've traveled in every continent of the world. Now they, men want to come into church today and just have that at their disposal without going paying the price. 
come on go and they want to talk about you and they want to uh, put you down for traveling like you do uh, but they know nothing of the sacrifice that was made in advance Come on, Holy Ghost. And, and, and so that's why it become difficult today because men no longer see Jesus as their, uh, 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 as their model for manhood. They don't see him as their model. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 3, in verse 1 where we read, it said, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Remember, we talked about this yesterday. Brother, we're part of something special. We're part of something rare. We're part of something unique. Come on, Holy Ghost. We're part of something that need to be treasured. And, and, and he's telling them here, he said, he said, consider the high the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. We got to consider Jesus in everything that we're doing. Come on, Holy Ghost. But see, men coming in the church today, Christ is not the example that they're trying to follow. So it's becoming difficult for faithful men to be produced in the church. I hope I'm in the right house today. I, 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 I really do. Come on now. See, 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 when men come in the church now, they want to be in charge. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm just telling you by experience. I'm just being honest. I say when men come into the church now, they want to be in charge. Amen. They don't want to support the vision of the house. They want to determine the vision of the house. Come on now. I'm telling you now, now men getting the Holy Ghost in in three days, they're trying to tell you what you need to be doing to run the church. They're trying to tell you what the church needs to do. Amen. And, and thank God for men that got zeal, but my God, you got to get zeal according to knowledge. Come on now. So they don't want to be in, they, they don't want to come in and support the vision. They want to come in and determine the vision. Uh-huh. Go to your Bible for a moment here. Cause, uh, isn't I the latest foundation here? And we, we'll just go as far as the Holy Ghost will let us go up to lunch. Um, let's go to Matthew chapter number 20 here. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 25. This is where, of course, the mother James and John came to Jesus saying that she wanted her sons to sit on his right hand and on his left hand. And we know the other disciples, you know, they got riled up, not because they were spiritual, not because they glory to God. They was just in, indignant of the fact that she would ask that, but they got riled up because they wanted to be the ones, glory to God, to sit on the right and the left. <laughs> they, 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 they didn't get upset because they was holy. They, they got upset because that's the seat they were trying to reach for. <laughs> Amen. But, but Jesus said in verse 25, he says, but Jesus called unto them unto him and said, ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever be the chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to minister unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. 
Now, how many, how, how much do we hear today about men becoming servants? Come on, Holy Ghost. We, now we're coming in the church, and we ain't thinking about being servants. We're thinking about being in charge of the church. Come on, Holy Ghost. Amen. There seemed to be no need or no sense of the need for spiritual development. And there seemed to be no awareness or the sense for spiritual authority. Come on now. In other words, now every man thinks that everybody's on this on the same level. Yeah, I know you put your pants on like I do. I know you put your shirt on like I do. But spiritually, we are not equal. And so now men come in, in the church. I'm talking about men now. They're not thinking about being servants. They're not thinking about being supporters. They're not thinking about sharing in the vision of the church. They're not thinking about seeing where can I fit in in the vision of the church. Uh-huh. There's no sense for the need of spiritual development. As you mentioned earlier, men now don't see a need to go through the process of development and the process of growth. I don't know about y'all, come on somebody, but I'm telling you now, when, when I was coming up in the church, amen, I, I wouldn't want to preach in my pastor's pulpit unless I went out on outreach on Saturday. Come on, Holy Ghost. I'm telling you now, I would go, I'm, when, I, when I would go out and visit other churches to preach before I was pastoring, I would show up at outreach that morning, and people would say, don't you know you got to go to South Carolina to preach? I would say, yeah. I said, but I don't want to get up and preach unless I went out to reach. Awesome. Nowadays, men want to get called to the ministry to preach, but they don't want to reach nobody. Come on, Holy Ghost. So they want to get up with the past, get upset with the pastor, amen, because he won't preach them every Sunday morning. Well, why don't you go get a rest home? When I got called into the ministry, brothers, is this okay? Yes. When I got called into the ministry, because see, 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 nowadays we think all this stuff comes easy. When I got called into the ministry, I got called into the ministry of August of 1984. I did not preach my first full-blown service in our church until November, I can remember it vividly, to November of 1987. No, excuse me, January 1988. <laughs> but you know what I was doing? I was teaching Bible studies. You know what I was doing? I was praying people through at the altar. Y'all ain't hearing me now. You know what I was doing? Come on, somebody. I was praying to the people, amen, through to the Holy Ghost. I, you know what I was doing? I was encouraging people. I wasn't worrying about no pulpit ministry. Because I always felt, Brother Russell, that the pulpit ministry will speak for itself if you got experiences to back it up. I didn't want to just get up and preach the Bible. I want, yeah, I want to preach the Bible, but I want to be able to live it also. Come on now. And, and, and nowadays, amen, we, we, we rely primarily on intellectualism. Glory to God. And we don't have nothing that has processed us where it shows that God is at work in our lives. Let me tell you something, brothers. If you want to be used by God, you must be willing to be dealt with by God. 
If you're not willing to let God deal with you, you're not going to be able to stand the fire and the crisis because God ain't going to always have you on the mountaintop looking like you got it all together all the time. Come on, somebody. You're going to have to learn to look at your own weaknesses and your own vulnerabilities and still know that you're valuable to God. God, help me, help me with this here. Come on, come on, Holy Ghost. See, see, it's becoming increasingly, uh, uh, because of this prevailing mentality that, 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 that I don't have to experience anything, because of this preventive mentality, it's becoming increasingly difficult for men to come alongside of the man of God and to become faithful to the vision of that particular house in the United States Marine Corps they have a slogan that says we are looking for a few good men <laughs> we don't need a whole lot all we need is some men that are committed all we need is some men that are faithful. All we need is some men that are disciplined. All we need is some men that are trainable. All we need is some men that are teachable and we can get the job done. If you know anything about the military structure in America, the Marines are the first ones on the ground. They are on the front line whenever there's invasions. They're the ones coming through the door first. So they ain't got time to be playing around. They need men that understand the mission. They need men that understand what this is all about. Come on, Holy Ghost. And God need that in the church today. He need men that understand that we are the first responders. He need men that understand that we got to be disciplined and that we've got to be trainable and we've got to be teachable in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. God needs men that understand that they have a responsibility in protecting, in preserving, and in perpetuating the vision of the house. Now the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 4, in verse number 32, the Bible tells us then, you can write it down in your notes if you're taking notes. It says, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things, glory to God, that ought of the things which he possessed was his own but they had all things common. You know what that means, brothers? That means that one heart and one soul means we are connected to the vision of this house. There's a connection there. We know the heart is the seat of affection and emotion. So, brothers, amen, there is an emotional connection to the vision 
of the house. Amen. It's something that we care about. It's something that we're passionate about. It's something that we feel is important enough to want to be a part of. Amen. There's an emotional connection. Amen. We care about this. We want this to work. Amen. We're behind this. And let me tell you something. When you got an emotional connection to the vision, you don't let people just come in and talk about it and tear it down and speak ill of the man of God and the work of God and the come on somebody amen people need to know where you stand when it comes to the man of God and when it comes to the vision of the house that you are part of they need to know that you care they need to know that you're a part of it they need to know that you're connected to it mm. Glory to God. I remember one time um, before I was pastoring, there was a brother that, that was scheduled to minister in the church on a Sunday night. And um, I would go and pray. Let me tell you something, brothers. Don't, don't, don't get in competition. And I don't know if this problem is not even a problem in Canada, but I'm going to say it anyway. Don't, don't get in competition. If, if this brother over here is scheduled to preach Sunday night, all of the brothers that preach here need to be laying hands on him, praying for him, for God to use him. Come on, Holy Ghost. That's right. Amen. Don't, no, you you want to be praying to God? Use him. Don't, don't be sitting there scrutinizing him and, 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 and just, you know, just critis critiquing everything he's doing. Glory to God. Like you're going to do better than him when you get up there. No, pray for him. That God will use him. Huh? Come on, somebody. Because as, as you pray for this brother's anointing, huh? glory to God, God is going to anoint you even greater when you get up there. Amen. But because sometime of the way we're wired, we get in competition with one another. I remember one time praying for a brother, amen, that God would use him. And I was in a prayer room, laying hands on him in the name of the Lord. Bless him. Glory to God. And he opened up his eyes and looked at me shocked. And he said, are you praying for me? I said, yes. He said, I'm not used to other ministers praying for me. I'm used to other ministers being in competition with me. And so this brother was scheduled to preach on that Sunday night. So when I knew other brothers was preaching, I would go home in the middle of in between services and pray for him. So I'm in, the, in my house praying for him, and the Holy Ghost says to me, don't pray for him. I said, whoa, my God. He said, don't pray for him. He's in sin. I was like, whoa, my God, that never happened. So when I got back to church, I went to the pastor, and I, I'm talking about the emotional connection now. I said, I said to the pastor, I said, Pastor, I, um, I got something to tell you that I'm kind of disturbed. I wasn't proud of this at all. I was really shook up about it. And I said, I said, Lord, I said, Pastor, I don't mean no harm, but I know you got brother so-and-so scheduled to preach tonight I said when I was at home earlier to pray for him the Lord told me not to pray for him because something wasn't right you know what the pastor told me he said I've been waiting on this word for two weeks 
for two weeks. Now, take it now. Pastor didn't say nothing to anybody. We went in the meeting as normal and was going through the service. He laid everything out. The brother was still scheduled to preach. The very first song that we sang, the Holy Ghost moved where there was no preaching. The gifts of the Spirit went into operation. And the word of the Lord was there's somebody in here that is not right. And you need to come to the altar and repent. And I'm not calling you out. But everyone come to the altar. So whoever it is, they need to get here without being noticed. Right after service, and, and God is my witness, right after service, there was a line of women at the pastor's office to say that this brother had either been with them or was trying to get with them. There was notes in, under the door and everything. What are you saying to us, Pastor Blender? When you have an emotional connection to your vision of your house, God can use you to protect the house. Come on now. Eve, come on now. Come on now. See, see, see. God had already dealt with the pastor, but he needed somebody who was connected to him that could confirm what he had already was sensing. Because sometimes you can't see it all and you can't sense it all. But when you got men that are emotionally, that have one heart, that have one soul to that vision and the visionary of that house, God will allow you to be instrumental in protecting the house when it needs protection. Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And he said, and the Bible said they was of one heart and of one soul. Amen. And, and, and the soul we know is the mind, it's the intellect, it's the will. In other words, there's a conscious, committed connection to the vision. It's not just something that we care about, but it's something that we think about. Come on now. With constantly thinking of ways in which we can be a better leader, a better supporter, a better fit into the vision of the house and the vision of the man of God. We are always in one way or another trying to find common ground where we can demonstrate our faithfulness to the vision of the house. Come on, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Listen to me, brothers. As men of God, one of the most important responsibilities that we have in the church today is to detect and to discern come on holy ghost and to and, and, and to be able to, to 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 determine the supernatural activity of god we've got to be tuned in we've got to get the pulse of where where is the spirit of god where god is getting ready to move where the pastor trying to go what is he trying to do lord let me get his heart let me get his mind let me sense where he is oh lord jesus lord jesus what are you saying to us pastor blanton because he has made you and me stewards of the mysteries of God. 
let's go to First Corinthians 4, if you wouldn't mind, for a moment there. And I'm not going to be too much long, but we're going to work with this for a minute. Because I, I really want us to really realize this. And, and I can assure you, Dr. Neil haven't told me to teach any of this. Hallelujah. I, I'm just doing what I feel the Lord would have me to do and trusting that I'm in the will of God. And, and uh, I just want us to understand something. Uh, uh, the Bible says in verse 1, it says, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. See, see, the Lord speaks to us through three levels of revelation. He speaks to us through the revelation of milk. Glory to God. He speaks to us through the revelation of meat. And he speaks to us through the revelation of mysteries. Come on, Holy Ghost. And each one of those levels, Elder, are necessary. Uh, 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 each one of these levels are, are, are necessary, glory to God, because all three of these levels uh, 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 give us the, 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 the ability to carry out the purposes and the call of God in our life. And, and there are times, amen, God's just going to give you milk, amen, it's not going to be deep, but it's going to be simple enough for you to carry out what it is that you need to do. Then there's time God's going to give you meat that's going to give Give you the strength to endure and the strength to, to, to take that part of the journey where it needs to go. And then God will give you revelation. He will give you mysteries and show you stuff that's beyond today. Oh God. And he's going to allow you to be tuned in to where God is trying to take the visionary of this house. And you're going to be right where God needs you to be. And you're going to know what to pray for. And you're going to know what to fast for. And you're going to know how to stand up in the meeting and say, yes, let's do this. I'm going to tell you something, brother and sister. You don't have to be, brother, you don't have to be a pastor to walk in the spirit. Matter of fact, the pastor values men that can walk in the spirit and they can trust their prayers. Right. Is this okay? He needs people that can get mystery revelation. They can be that's faithful enough that God can trust them with the mysteries of the kingdom without them thinking they got to be the pastor at the same time. Spiritually speaking now, I'm going to say this again. None of us are spiritual equals to the pastor. We all are equally valuable to God. Don't misunderstand me. But we're not speaking. Matter of fact, even to this day, when I'm with my pastor, and I've been pastoring now for 20 years, even when I'm with my pastor to this day, Glory to God. I am more interested in what he has to say to me than what I have to say to him. Amen. When I get around him, the first thing I do, I, do, I don't start talking. I just start listening. And one thing I've learned, brothers, and, and I hope this is okay, but I've learned that I am not there to give him advice. But I'm there... 
bishop to listen to his heart and to listen to his mind and see how I can stay connected with where God is trying to take him. Come on, Holy Ghost. Y'all hear me today because most of the time pastors don't need advice. They just need someone to affirm and confirm the thoughts and passions of their hearts. Oh, come on, Holy Ghost. And when that happens, oh, hallelujah, I hope I'm in the right place, then they can right any wrong. They can meet any challenge. They can get clarity on situations that was trying to create distortion and misunderstanding. When a man of God senses that men are behind them and is trying to get their heart and mind, then they can deal with all of the other issues that need to be dealt with. Hallelujah. But too many times today, because men don't want to submit to the process of leadership and the process of development, amen, a lot of time men of God find themselves fighting and tussling and struggling with personalities and, and all of that stuff, amen, and can't focus on the vision. What are you saying here? I'm saying to us today that your effectiveness will be largely determined by how you receive, how, excuse me, how you see your relationship to your pastor and to his vision. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. 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 It is. Your effectiveness will largely be determined by how you see your relationship to your pastor and to his vision. Let's go here. Let's go to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 16. Thank you, Lord. See, when we was growing up in the church, this is the stuff we was taught. But nowadays, as he was talking earlier, we got to be colorful. <laughs> Hallelujah. We got to come up with one more gimmick to keep you entertained. I know I'm not on the plot of y'all, but, you know, other people that's in Canada, y'all know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. <laughs> I ain't talking to y'all. I'm talking to them other guys in Canada. Hallelujah. All right. But let's go to chapter 16 and verse number 14. The Bible says, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on the harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servants, provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said, behold, 
I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite that is cunning and playing and a mighty valiant man and a man of war and prudent in matters, a comely person, and the Lord is with him. In other words, he's a faithful man. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David his son unto Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. Uh-huh. Now, <clears throat> let's deal with this for a few minutes before we close. Because we understand something. Saul is the king. And by this time, Saul pretty much had got fired by God. I told Dr. Neal the other day, I said, God's the only one that'll fire people and leave them on a job. Two years into his kingdom, brothers, amen, God fired him. Amen. And left him there for 38 more years. But he was fired. But check this out. Saul was the king. So he was still in charge. And Saul was in his worst spiritual condition. He would be tormented by spirits that would disturb him and mess his spirit up. And David had the unique anointing and responsibility. And it wasn't to help Saul to rule the people. David wasn't called to be the assistant king. But Saul needed somebody to help him get himself together. Come on, so that he could somehow do his responsibilities as a king. Uh huh. At this time, at this time, uh, 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 Saul's kingdom, glory to God, was 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 all over the place. But Saul needed somebody that could help him with his vision. He needed somebody, glory to God, that understood where he was. He needed somebody that could come in and get his spirit where it needed to be. Uh, y'all must see. If David wasn't a faithful man, he would have took advantage of, of the king when he was in his worst spiritual condition. But because David loved God and was a man after God's own heart, he stayed on mission and that was to come in and help the king to get back into his right mind. Hallelujah. 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 Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters here today. I, I mean, brother, excuse me again. I want us to understand that, 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 that God wants you and me to understand that no matter what the, the, the condition of the pastor or the visionary of the house is, we're there to help him. Uh-huh. We're not there to take advantage of his vulnerabilities at that point. Glory to God. Let, 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 me, let me do this for at, the, at this juncture right here. Amen. And, and let me let us in on a little secret here that, that, that some of you probably already know, but I want to remind us. And the secret is this. Pastors are people too. 
Uh, come on, Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, pastors are people too. Uh, and I want you to know when they get hurt, uh, they hurt like you. Uh, when they get betrayed, uh, they feel deceived like you. Uh, come on, Holy Ghost. When people talk about them, uh, they get down uh, like you. Uh, but what God needs, uh, he needed somebody uh, like, like David uh, to come alongside Saul uh, and help him. Uh, glory to God to get through a difficult period in his life. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I want you to know he came to Saul in his worst spiritual condition. And David brought his anointings and his abilities into the private chambers of a failing, frail king. A king that was wounded. A king that had already been rejected by God. But yet David used his skills and his abilities and his anointing to help the king. Glory to God when he didn't even deserve the help. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. And God wants you and me to understand that we are there to assist. We are there to encourage. And we're there to protect the king from all of his enemies. Oh, come on, Holy Ghost. And that's what David did. He was his armor bearer. He came to lift him. He came to advance him. He came to hold him up. He came to bear him up. He came to carry him. He came to pardon him. He came to further him. He came to regard him. He came to respect him and even when the king brothers his brother began to cast uh, glory to God's spirits at him all he did was stepped out of the way never turned around and picked it up and threw it back Uh, yeah. But nowadays, because men don't understand this they go blow to blow with the pastor like it don't mean nothing And we wonder why so many ministries fall when they're at the height, glory to God, of their success. Because they haven't been developed on the inside to love leadership and to respect the authority that God has given it. Let me tell you something. The Bible says that David became his armor bearer. Being an armor bearer, y'all, is more than just a position, it's an attitude. It's an attitude. Amen. And, and, and David almost became like a son to Saul, even though Saul was trying to kill him for all these years. He became like a son because he maintained that I'm not here to kill you. I'm not here to try to take your kingdom. Even when Saul got killed, David didn't snatch up his crown, glory to God, and start running around talking about he was the king. Amen. He still, glory God, left it up to God and for seven years went to another place and ruled before God placed him back over in the whole kingdom. Oh, oh Lord, I wish I was talking to somebody today. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Glory to God. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. Brothers, sometime, even when the man of God may not be operating on all, on all cylinders, we are still there to protect the vision of the house. Whenever the vision of the house is in jeopardy, we need to come to the man of God and let him know, I know everything ain't going like they need to do, but you ain't got to worry about it. We're going to protect this thing. We're going to pray for this thing. We'll help you deal with whatever you need to be dealt with, but you can rest assured I'm going to be a faithful man to the vision 
vision of this house. This is where I got saved. This is where my family got saved. This is where my children got baptized. This is where, come on, hallelujah, where all my doors got open for me. I know who you are. You don't have to out-preach the next evangelist. You're the man of God in my life. We need to stop making pastors trying try to out-preach every evangelist that come through. Come on, Holy Ghost. When evangelists come through, let me give y'all a secret. We ain't worried about nothing. Are we here having a great time, hallelujah, sharing what God has given us? But he gets stopped. We even here at the retreat and have to sit down and counsel with people. I ain't worried about counseling nobody up here now, brother. Hallelujah. I mean, come on, y'all are hearing me. Don't, don't, don't fall for that. This is the man of God that you need to be try following him. <laughs> This is the best preacher in the world for this house right here. Come on, Holy Ghost. He may not have you jumping and shouting like the evangelists do, but he's the man of God for you. He deal with you in his weaknesses. He deal with you when he don't feel like dealing with you. Right. And I know he loved preaching. And I know he loved teaching, but the truth of the matter is sometimes he got to get up here and teach and preach when he don't even feel like it. And he can do it anyway. Because he got a heart for you. And we need to reward the man of God back. Let him know you ain't got to impress me. You ain't got to showboat for me. You ain't got to put on no front for me. You don't have to entertain me. I know what you got is real. I know you the real deal. God needs some men that are faithful to the vision of the house. I tell you, yes, he does. He needs men that are faithful to the vision of the house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, he does. He needs men. He don't need everybody running around here trying to be bishops and, 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 and doctors and all that. And if, you, if God got that for you, praise God. But we got too many people worrying about titles and not walking in the title. Come on, Holy Ghost. That's right. Everybody's apostles now. And everybody's, come on, you ain't got nobody, you ain't got nobody in your church. But you're apostles now, sir. Let's, let's stop this. This is about becoming men of God. Men of God. Amen. That understands, amen, that if I take this man's vision and run with it, one day God may give me my own. And if you're faithful in yours, he's going to give you faithful men in yours. I'm talking about men that are faithful to the vision of this house. Amen. David understood. I'm here to help the king with his vision. Even though he got all kind of stuff going on, I'm going to leave that between him and God. Come on, that's why when David had an opportunity to kill him a couple of times, he didn't even touch him. Some stuff, y'all, we just need to leave alone. Let God deal with it. Believe me, God deals with the man of God. Hey, amen. Come on, Holy Ghost. God knows how to deal with his man. I mean, God knows how to convict him. God knows how to get him straight. David said, that ain't my job. My job is to help him with his spirit. My job is to help come on. My job is to soothe him. My job is not to be one of the saints uh, that cause him to have a headache. Hallelujah. Amen. You want to be one of the people that when you come, the pastor don't have to go the other way. 
Hallelujah. I see that brother come. Let me go down this aisle. Talk to that sister right now. No, 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 no. You, you want to be one of the kind that the pastor be looking forward to seeing you because he know you got his heart. He know you got his mind. He know you got his... So let's be faithful men that are faithful to the vision of the house where God has placed us. You're in the right place. We're in the right place today. And to God be the glory. Elder, thank you for this honor to speak to your man today. I don't take this for granted, brothers. God bless you. Lord, have mercy. My God, come on, let's worship God. Come on, my God, my God, my God, my God. Let's worship God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let's worship.